At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSAN and VSAN.com, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, and my partner James Salinas. He is along in studio, flew in from Denver, Colorado, and James, great to be here in studio with you as we spend the next three hours getting you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. Happy NFL postseason to you, my friend. You ready for this? I'm ready for this. We can put it on the board right here. The Raiders just got a touchdown. I know we're here. This is, I got to say, Brady, it's great to be in studio with you finally. We've been doing all season long, and now we're here for the playoffs and then this backdrop behind. I was out here earlier. The, I mean, the spectacle that this is and what a beautiful place that this Circus Sportsbook has and Derek Stevens and credit to him and his whole team and everything that they've done here. It's one thing to see it through through the lens of what we do each and every week, but to be here live, not only to see this, but then the energy, the atmosphere, the intensity of it. I love it, Brady. I'm ready to strap it up. Let's get after it. Mr. Salinas is fired up, and I am too. You know, I finally didn't have to sweat putting my picks in before 3 p.m. Pacific today. We're <laughs> on to the postseason. Yeah. You and I failed to cash in any contest this year, but we are on to the postseason in the NFL. You mentioned the Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. They kick off wild card weekend in Cincinnati. The Bengals closed as six-point favorites with a total of 48-and-a-half, and they have gone to halftime. And right now, the Las Vegas Raiders, with a last-minute drive there, the Cincinnati Bengals had taken a 20-to-6 lead, and Las Vegas comes back the other way. Now currently 20-to-13. Still a few ticks left, I believe, before the break here. 13 seconds left before they actually go to halftime. And the Las Vegas Raiders, again, I mentioned they close as six-point dogs right now in the live market, James, they are eight and a half point underdogs. Well, and that was a massive drive. Had to have it if you're on the Raiders like I am plus the six here. So that was a huge score to begin to, to close out the half virtually with just 13 seconds like you said, Brady. But thinking about where this game has been, I mean, the Raiders Raiders are really fortunate, I think, to just be down seven at this point. The, the special teams gaffe where, where they stepped that out. Of, right. You give the ball. You're having to start from the two. They've already turned the ball over the, with a, a strip sack and a short field for Burrow. But ultimately, yeah, Cincinnati's put two touchdowns on the board and two field goals. But it feels like they've left some points out there on the field. But a clutch drive right there from the Raiders. Down 20-6. to six, No momentum at that point. And the fact that Cincinnati is going to get the ball to start the second half. Just wonder where that would have been if the Raiders do not score and especially put it in the house. Can't be kicking field goals in this game. you got to get yourself back into it. Massive drive by the Raiders to finish out this half. I made this number four and a half, and my deeper dives into the stats came out. Bengals minus two and Bengals minus four. And I think if you look at these teams that Joe Burrow has beaten this year, they have aggressive defenses. He's beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens twice, the Pittsburgh Steelers twice. Those teams are blitz heavy. 
and he's had great success in being able to identify the blitz and get the ball out quickly. The Raiders blitz one of the fewest amount of times of any team in the NFL on defense, and I think that's actually a good formula in the way to defend Joe Burrow. I think also if you look at that game that was played back in November, 32-13 to in favor of the Bengals was the final, but it was late in the fourth quarter. That game was 16-13. to It was a tight ball game, and the Raiders committed a couple of turnovers in the final five minutes, so just a couple of garbage scores there for the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, I ended up playing the Raiders on a teaser here, teasing them up to plus 12 points because a lot of my handicap here was I think that first game, the final score was misleading. Well, and think about that score, how tight that game was. It was really the rushing attack from Cincinnati that dominated. It was Joe Mixon, big game in that contest. 30 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns rushing. So they really just grinded out this game. And that was kind of what I was a little hesitant before I really got involved today. And and I waited until I flew in here to, to make my score, make that play here with the Raiders. But thinking about the, the defensive line, a couple of injuries coming into this game for the Raiders and then where they were last week, the playing 70 minutes right last yeah. week and how many plays they had to play on the defensive side. Just how gassed were they going to be? This is a team when we've seen the Raiders and we've talked about this a lot all season long. Yes, adversity, and every team plays that card, right, Brady? Oh, we're going to yeah. fight through adversity. They had a, and different, we're, they had a different level of Absolutely, adversity. and that's that's true adversity. You're talking about everything that happened with, with the coach, the coaching staff, the turnover there, the incidents off the field with different a variety of different players, right, conducting themselves or bad conduct off the field. That Those are huge distractions, and those are things that you have to process and deal with all in real time while getting ready to have to play a high-level competition week in and week out in the National Football League and to be as Galvin as they are, I think, to be able to be in this position to get through this entirety of the season and then how they performed last week against the Chargers. Basically, it was a playoff game last week, so they're already playing at a heightened sense of intensity rolling in and focus rolling into this matchup against the Bengals. But my concern was how much energy was expended at Allegiant Stadium just down the street from us here on the field, in particular on the defensive side. But if there's one thing that we know with this team, this team has got resiliency, they've got guts, and they've got leadership, both on the coaching staff of how they step in. I think Derek Carr is a personable leader within that organization and on that field for these te- for this team as well. And those are some of the intangibles, I think, Brady, that played into my handicap to want to play the Raiders plus the six. Yeah, I, I think you could kind of spin what you're saying there, the way they have dealt with adversity this season. Maybe the short week was almost to their benefit. Right. They're riding high, you know, and I know a lot of people were betting the Cincinnati Bengals today because of that tough scheduling spot for the Raiders. They play late into the night on Sunday, a grueling contest with the Los Angeles Chargers and then they get the very first game on Saturday in the wild card weekend so a tough spot for the Raiders but again maybe this is another thing that they're going to be able to fight through we will see once again at halftime 20 to 13 the Cincinnati Bengals with a seven point lead in the live market they are eight and a half point favorites your total has now ticked up to 56 and a half uh, interesting one here for you, James. Eight of the last nine wild card games with a total of 48 or more. Again, this total closed about 48 and a half, 49. Eight of the last nine that have had a total of 48 or more 
have finished to the under. The Bengals, by the way, have not won a playoff game since 1990. They are 0-5 straight up and against the spread when entering the postseason off of a loss. So all those stats right there would indicate maybe a play on the Raiders and the under in the second half. Well, and it's a young team. We know Burrow's a very young player, Jamar Chase. They get all the headlines, and rightfully so. These are going to be guys that we're going to see for the next decade making big splash plays in the NFL. But... That youth, what does it look like now? A lot of pressure, right? You're the big favorite in a sense. You're a six-point favorite at home. You haven't won in 31 years as far as a playoff contest is concerned for this franchise. And then you're cruising along here as we're towards the latter part of the second quarter. You're cruising along. You're up 20 to 6. You're feeling good about yourself. And you let that touchdown come in at the back end. Now what does that halftime look like? What does that locker room and adjustments look like? And then what is the pressure as a young team having to manage all of those expectations? Young coach, too. Absolutely. Young coach. And then you think of the other side with the Raiders. This is a team that's – we talked about the adversity piece. This is a team that is not just going to throw in the towel. That was part of the handicap for me, too, to want to take that six points was the fact that even if they fell behind, now I wasn't hoping they were going to fall behind by two scores here late in the second ha- or in the second quarter, but thinking this is a team that is not just going to put their heads down and quit. They've had to deal with so many things on the field as well as off the field. This is a team that's they're going to play a full 60 minutes here. That's what I want to see out of the Cincinnati Bengals. How do they have to reverse now that the fact that they lost that momentum closing at halftime? Okay, James, let's uh, break away from the game for a moment and talk about some of the futures tickets you have in pocket or maybe future bets that you are considering making now that we have hit the postseason. Do you have anything currently in pocket for a play on a conference or the Super Bowl? Just one Super Bowl ticket with the Green Bay Packers at 7-1. to one. Aside from that, I had, I had Tampa a while back at 7-1, to one, and I ended up cashing that back out and got my money back on it because once they started having all those injuries, I really grew concerned both, op- both offensively and defensively, and the fact that that number was still there for me to be able to cash that out, that's kind of the advantage. Some of the advantages that we have in Colorado, Brady, is with, depending on what site you're on, you can go in there and they'll offer you cash out options. Depending on where that team is or that number is, you can do that in-game, you can do that for future. So I cashed that one out. The only play that I have, and no conference either side, right now on the AFC, I have no idea where we're going to go with the AFC, who's going to represent that conference in the Super Bowl. But as far as the Packers are concerned, I think it – Say what you will about uh, about Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position. You know, talent-wise and what he can do on the field is tremendous. Some of the off-the-field things, you know, what that looks like from a leadership standpoint, that had me a little leery. But ultimately, I just think this is what I anticipated. Green Bay going to be able to play in Lambeau. Have the week by have the week off this week with the bye. You're gonna have to go into cold weather. Whoever's gonna roll in there for the next two weeks. They had that opportunity last year. They let it slip away against the Tampa Bay Bucks. But I think this this is a team that with the best quarterback in my opinion right now in the league, as well as starting to get healthier. They've had some defenders that have been banged up. They're gonna be coming back and starting to work themselves into the playoffs and get back onto that roster. I just like where it sets up right now for Green Bay to get into the Super Bowl and then sitting at seven to one. They can get there, then there's a lot of opportunity to make some plays on the other side and really cash out some tickets. Well, and you've got a good number as they are currently trading at less than four to one to win the Super Bowl are the Green Bay Packers. They are the favorite. I have three teams in the NFC and two teams in the AFC. I have the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, and the 49ers to win the NFC Conference. I have the Bills and the Patriots to win the AFC Conference. So, obviously, in that game, the Bills and the Patriots, I'm going to have one ticket uh, go in the trash and one ticket that will still be alive. I'm leaving the Buccaneers alone, and I'm going to leave the Cardinals alone as well. But I did hedge a little bit with the Dallas Cowboys against my 49ers 
Bears future ticket. Uh, I think that game, as indicated by the point spread, is pretty much a toss-up, so I'll play it safe there. I'm hoping by the end of this wild card weekend that I'll have maybe as many as four tickets still alive to win either the AFC or the NFC Conference. Hey, that's where you want to put yourself in position because, you know, yeah, you get these sweet numbers on some of these future tickets, and you'd love to see it all the way to through and cash it out at the end, but that's where, where you've got a couple in pocket. You can make some moves with where you're at currently, and as the playoffs progress, maybe find some other ways to make sure you cash in on some of those tickets. All right, we're going to take a look at the Buccaneers and the Eagles when we come back. Just getting started on the Pro Football Blitz right here on v the Sports Betting Network. with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The 9-8 Philadelphia Eagles are in Tampa, Florida to take on the 13-4 Buccaneers. The Eagles come in off of a game in which they were routed by Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, 51-26. Now, of course, Philadelphia rested a number of starters in that game. The Buccaneers, they played their starters in Week 18, and they sputted early but put it on the Panthers in the end and ended up winning this one 41-17. James, I made this number six and a half in favor of the Buccaneers, and my stats crunch produced Tampa Bay by ten and a half, and then also Tampa Bay by two and a half. So I was kind of all over the board on this one. The number was eight and a half for really all week long. I did see some nines and even nine and a halves pop, but now currently the consensus number in the market is Buccaneers minus eight with a total of 46. How did you size up this one? Well, thinking about where the where Tampa Bay has been basically the last month with all the injuries they've sustained on both sides of the football. We know they've, they've had issues in the secondary for a majority of the season, safety position, corner, you name it. They do have a couple corners that are still limping through this game coming into this matchup. But Levante David, he has been ruled active for this game. Yes. He has been out for the last handful of weeks due to a, a foot injury. Now, thinking about a foot injury and how impactful Levante David is, he's the, he's the elder statesman on this team when it comes to the defensive side and being a longtime buck. And he's somebody that can go sideline to sideline and run, playing against the run, obviously can get after the – there's so many different blitz packages that we know that we'll see out of Tampa Bay and the different fronts that they're going to put up there. But ultimately – for Philadelphia, Brady, this is a team that has changed its offensive identity in the second half of the season, and really I think it was predicated on that game here in Las Vegas that they lost to the Raiders. Wasn't going to be any no longer Jalen Hurts getting out there and having to throw the ball 35, 40, 45 times per game. It was, hey, we've got a good offensive line, and we've got a lot of depth at the running back position, as well as Jalen Hurts is a terrific runner when it comes to running, the, running those read options and be able to get outside and utilize his legs. And I think here... That's what we're going to see from Philadelphia. They're going to continue to do what they've done in the second half of the season to pound and run the football. Now, we know Tampa Bay is very stout against the run, and in particular on the interior. Anytime you're thinking about Vita Vea on the inside and Dominican Sue, uh, but to me, I think with Levante David, yes, he's coming back, but how healthy is he? When you're talking about a foot sprain, Brady, that can take some time. Now you've been out for a few weeks. You're having to get back into the the speed of the speed of the game, and now having to step your game up to the speed of playoff speed, which we know is amped up another gear or two come playoff time. The other piece here is 
that field is going to be sloppy. It's yes. going to be raining. We know the wind and all those factors, but the field's going to be sloppy. It's never a good field anyhow. And the fact that sure. it's going to rain so much, I'm just wondering, okay, with Levante David, the speed that he brings coming back from that sprained foot, is he going to be able to keep up for the entirety of this game? And with Philadelphia playing the football that they want and being physical at the point of attack, I played the first half in this game. I feel like for Tampa, a lot of moving parts of players having to get back out on the field. We know in the depth in the at the running back position, they are really short. Ronald Jones, not going to play in this game. Uh, Fournette, not going to play in this game either. So it's going to fall on Tom Brady and a variety of different receivers that – so many injuries to this point. I think it's going to be a struggle early for the Tampa Bay Bucks to get going on both sides of the football. So I didn't trust Philadelphia to be able to, to take that eight and a half or nine in some places where I saw it for a full game. But I think here they got nothing to lose, Brady. This is house money for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nobody expected them to be in this point and be in this playoff spot. I think this was a team that's thinking about rebuilding and where are they going to go at the quarterback position? Well, I'm not sure what they're going to do next year, but I don't care about next year. I know what this team's going to look like. I think they're going to be the more energetic team in this first half, full of confidence, nothing else to lose. They're going to come out first half plus the five and a half. That's where I went with this game. I think the case you make there about Tampa Bay and kind of maybe, you know, feeling each other out there without Fournette and Jones in the backfield, maybe you could kind of take your same argument there and put it towards the under in the first half as well. If Philadelphia is going to have to run the ball, that's been their bread and butter. Maybe the under makes sense along those lines of thinking as well. Uh, the Buccaneers run defense that you mentioned, it was really stout to begin the season. Now it's fallen off quite a bit in the last month or so, but getting Levante David back should help that at least a little bit. Look at some of these numbers, James. Tampa Bay is second in the league in third down conversions. Their offense hitting over 47% of the time on third down. Philadelphia, conversely, 23rd on third down defense, allowing teams to convert nearly 43% of the time. The Eagles, they're 23rd in defensive passer rating. They're 29th in red zone defense, and they're going up against an attack that is second in red zone offense. And finally, Tom Brady should have all day to throw. The Philadelphia Eagles, they have a weak pass defense and they have a weak pass rush. They rank 31st in the NFL at sacking the quarterback. And meanwhile, Tampa Bay is number one at protecting the quarterback. Philadelphia, also one of the worst teams in the league at defending the tight end. They have given up 14 touchdowns to tight ends this season. Could be a big day for Gronk and Cameron Brait. And that's why I stayed away from the entirety of the game and taking that eight and a half or nine on the Philadelphia Eagles. I just thinking about Tom Brady, and if it all falls onto Tom Brady, that's not somebody I want to get in front of come playoff time. But I'll do it for 30 minutes. And I think it's <laughs> and it's not just because of feeling like, all right, Tampa's still got a lot of players to work themselves back into this point. The other part, too, you mentioned the, the last month of that run defense not being nearly as stout as it's been. A lot of that is due to the injuries. And yeah. so they've had a lot of injuries at the linebacker position, their corners. You know, you need your corners and your safeties to come up, and, and they're going to play box safety up here, and you're going to have some help in that run game against Philadelphia. But, you know, when you're having all these moving parts, it just makes it hard to really build any kind of consistency on the defensive side, especially when it comes to tackling. And now you haven't played for a while. 
Again, the speed of the game is going to be a lot faster come playoff time. You've had a number of players out and or questionable. JPP has been in and out of the lineup all season long. I think he'll be, he'll, he'll, he should be in back into this game. But just thinking about where they've been defensively in the last piece, Brady, with that defensive front, I think we've started to see them get worn down as the season has progressed. It's not a really deep defensive front. Vita Vea and, and Ndamukong Su play a lot of big minutes and a lot, a lot of big plays. They have a lot of reps under their belt. And we saw that play out. If you remember that game against Buffalo about a month ago, one-way street for Tampa. Jumped all over Buffalo, had a big lead going into the second half, and then it was the Josh Allen show. Both throwing the football and running the ball, those guys were so gassed. They, was, they were really fortunate, in my mind, were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win that football game. I think they got some beneficial calls. I was on Tampa Bay in that game, so this is no bias here. I was happy to cash that ticket, but I also felt fortunate to cash that ticket because I think there were some really crucial plays, in particular by the referees, that made some yeah. calls that benefited the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that matchup, but it did start to see them really start to run out of gas against and chasing Josh Allen everywhere. Well, in a sense... Not that Jalen Hurts can throw the football to the same degree that Josh Allen can, but as far as running the football, this is a team where I think you might start to see them wear down. And I think we could see so we could see in a second half maybe there's an opportunity for some shootout because it is going to have to be Tom Brady carrying the load, throwing the football. I don't know how they're going to run the football. Just thinking about the lack of depth right now in the backfield for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, let's talk about throwing the football. We have a prop market here where you can look at under or over the passing yards for both Jalen Hurts and. Tom Brady and Jalen Hurts is at 198 and a half yards if you want the over or under that on Jalen Hurts total passing yards for Tom Brady the number is 273 and a half and without his running backs there in the backfield healthy maybe you look towards the over on Tom Brady and for Jalen Hurts, you talked about the weather a little bit. They are supposed to get a lot of rain in Tampa. Uh, you're probably going to have a very wet and soggy field. Now, it's not necessarily supposed to rain at game time. It may dwindle off as far as the precipitation by the time we get to kickoff, but you're still going to have a sloppy field, and we know that that Philadelphia offense is built on the running game. So I'd probably be looking at under on Hurts and over on Tom Brady. It sounds obvious, but I think that's kind of the hand cap of the game. Yeah, and, and thinking about the where is the weakness on the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, to conversely thinking about this, it is that secondary, but is somebody like Jalen Hurts in that passing game going to be able to take advantage of it? Are they going to look to take advantage of it? At least not in the first half. This is a team that is, again, second half of the season, gone back to power football, rushing the ball. They don't want to leave the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands to have to make throws. Now, it's going to be in his hands to run a lot of those option, read option plays, and what is he going to do with the football? But I think, yeah, it, that number is going to continue to tick down. I see it. I, I see a 191 and a half for Jalen Hurts. It is dropping. And yeah, I think, so if you can find 198, grab it. Yeah, grab it. Because, <laughs> yeah, the weather's going to be a factor. But also, I think the track, and the track as this game continues is going to be sloppier and sloppier out there. And I think that just negates the speed now sometimes the offense has an advantage because they know i know which way i'm playing if i'm coming right, up you're right. going to try to put ad on me i know which way i'm going to plant i know where i'm going but if it's really sloppy footing too that kind of negates my speed so i think that might hurt jalen hurts also in the running game but as far as passing yards are concerned tom brady 
the one whoopee that he had, we know Gronkowski's one of his whoopies too, where he's going to find his, his check down guy, but also Fournette was huge in this. And before he got hurt, he was huge catching the football out of the backfield, as with Jones. Those are going to be two big losses for Brady. I think I'd stay off. I'd stay off this passing. It For me, I'm not going to play it because I just feel like the game's going to be dictated by pace, and I think the weather is going to play a factor. Just not sure where that's going to go. All right, when we come back, I want to ask you about a couple more prop bets in this game. We look to the receiving yards market when we come back on the other side. We'll also play our game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it when we return right here on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas, kind enough to join us in studio. When the playoffs start, we ramp up the game a little bit here on the Pro Football Blitz. Uh, We were talking about, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Philadelphia Eagles in their first round of the wild card weekend. And we got to the player prop market. We were talking about passing yards for both Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady. I want to take a look at receiving yards. And I mentioned it earlier when we were breaking down the game, how the Philadelphia Eagles this season have really struggled in defending the tight ends. And I'm looking at Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski here, uh, both tight ends for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cameron Brait, his receiving yards total where we have it right here is 14 and a half. I would definitely be looking on the overside of that number. Now, Gronkowski, obviously a little bit higher at 58 and a half, but I'd probably be leaning towards the over on that one as well. And being an issue where it, if it's windy and you're talking 15, 20 mile an hour, 30 mile an hour gusts, that doesn't lead to having a lot of accuracy deep down the field and not having those big plays and big throws down the field. So, And we know Tom Brady. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the seams, down the numbers. He likes to, he's, he's a rhythm passer, but he's not afraid to fire that ball down the middle of the seams. And that's where we're going to see, I think, a lot of opportunities again for tight ends. Now, I know last week they played quite, they were very extensive when it came to Tom Brady and Gronkowski. Now, Gronkowski had a number of incentive, player incentives that he wanted to cash yes. when it came to yardage, when it came to receptions, etc. So he made sure that his boy Gronkowski got paid. Now it's about winning. That's how you're going to get paid going forward. They're all about winning now. So I think as far as being able to spread the wealth, just the fact that, yes, the weather's going to play a factor into this. We know that there's been, it's just been a revolving door of of receivers for Tampa Bay. Godwin gone for the season. Evans will be back. I think he's fully healthy now, but Evans has been on the shelf for a while. But not having the fact that you have Ronald Jones and in particular Leonard Fournette to throw the football to. Leonard Fournette, those last handful of weeks before he got banged up, was making a lot of plays in the passing game. sure was. So not having that there. I know Bernard is coming back, but Bernard's been a third down back his whole career. Mm. So he's not going to be an every down back in this game and have opportunities outside of on third downs when they Philadelphia could key on them. So I, I agree with that. Both great. I'm looking at where Gronkowski is. Number Those numbers kind of fluctuate, but sitting right around 60 yards for Gronkowski, I can see playing them both and maybe looking at, well, if you get one, at least you, you break even. And I think here at least one of those is going to come in because it's going to be a big day with Brady looking for his tight ends. All right, we move on to America's favorite game show. We do it once again here on the Pro Football Blitz. Consider it, book it, or drop it. Okay. 
you know the routine. I'm going to read a stat sheet. In this case, it will be a team, and James is going to try and guess who the mystery team is. I will reveal that team, and then we will decide if we want to consider, book, or drop making any bets on this particular futures wager. And I'll start with the first team here. We're talking about odds to win the Super Bowl this week. And this team finishing the season as the hottest offense in the NFL. They scored over 31 points per game on average. Their defense has really stepped up as well, finishing the year seventh in the league, allowing just over 21 points per contest. They are looking to accomplish, which they have not since 1995, and that's getting out of the divisional round. The last time they did that, they went all the way to the promised land. This team, their odds to win the Super Bowl currently at 12 to 1. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, indeed. Can they get it done this year? Uh, I tell you what, they look awful powerful. 12 to 1 is not a bad number in my mind. I mean, it's a good number that you're at this point now, come to playoffs, and you've, you've gotten through the entirety of the season. And relatively speaking, Dallas is pretty healthy yeah. rolling in. And that's really, we know in the NFL, Brady, it's week to week just based on injuries that that creep up in for, for each and every roster. But, you know, thinking about where Dallas is, yeah, they're going to have this home game here coming up against San Francisco. But you get through that, and a lot of people really like San Francisco in this matchup. So you got to get by that one. But is this a team and an offense that's built to go on the road? And in particular, I just think because this the NFC is going the the Super Bowl representative of the NFC is going to go through Lambeau Field. Is this a team that can go into Green Bay and win? Can they go? And we know those elements are going to be cold. Is this a team that can go on the road and do that in those elements? Because I I know that. Historically, we've seen Dallas running the football, and this is going to be a team that can have balance offense uh, on the offensive side, pounding the football, and then open up the passing game. But this is not the, – the running game here is really bit up. It, it's been banged up with Elliott. has been nursing that knee injury all season long. Tony Pollard's been in and out of the lineup with the foot injury and various other injuries. I just don't know if this is an offense and a team that I can trust to go on the road. They get by San Francisco. That's already a big if. If they get by San Francisco going on the road in the playoffs, especially if you have to go through Green Bay, I just don't see it. It's not one I'm going to consider. I would consider it because of the price. I mean, there's only 14 teams in the tournament, and I think the Cowboys are one of the best teams in the tournament. So 12-1, to 1, I think, is attractive. I'm not going to make the bet. I probably have enough invested myself already as far as conference tickets, but uh, I think it's not a bad number to consider. All right, team number two here. They're trying to win their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Uh, they, are just return they are just two games back from returning to the big game for the first time since 1999, when they lost to the Rams, this team, it might also go through their home field the whole way as well. Their odds to win the Super Bowl are plus 850. Interesting that they are a shorter price than Dallas. That would be the number one seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, absolutely, Tennessee. And I would consider Dallas a better team, but obviously this price is reflective of that home field advantage. Well, And just feeling like right now for the AFC, to me it's wide open. Yeah. They're, Kansas City can Kansas City, and yes, you've got the quarterback to do it, but is that roster built to go and play three full games and have to go on the road and win? If you're gonna have to, they're gonna have to go on the road at some point. And can they go back to back to back to the Super Bowl? I think that's, that's crazy. The, I know it is. That, think, that really put me on under yep. their season win total at the beginning of the year to climb that mountain three straight times. Right, but there's no clear cut in my mind thinking about Tennessee being that number one seed but all the injuries that they've had to deal with and starting to get healthy. And I know there's talk about Derrick Henry 
getting back out there on the field. But how long is it going to take Derrick Henry? How healthy is he when he, if and when he does get back on the field? I suspect he will. They're going to gut it out, right? You got an opportunity to win two games. You're going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think he's going to get out there. But is he clearly healthy? That remains to be seen. You got to see him out there on the field. And then how long does it take? Yeah, he'll have fresh legs. In a sense, they'll be fresh because he hasn't been taking the pounding that he does when he rushes the football. But I suspect, I, I've, I think with that number sitting where it is, that's a that's a pretty good number for a number one seed to be able. I can consider it. Then it comes down to Tannehill for me, and is Tannehill a quarterback that I want to trust to have to make big big plays? Box safeties are going to come up and do everything they can to stop that running game for Tennessee. And then it comes down to Tannehill to have to make some throws on third down, especially in a big environment in the fourth quarter to go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Not my quarterback. I'll consider it because of the number, but I don't think I'm going to book it. I think I would actually drop it because you look at the Green Bay Packers, whose price uh, to win the Super Bowl is more than half of the Tennessee Titans. I, I think that's kind of telling you something. The other member, uh, number one seed, the book is saying, is m- twice as good, if not more so, than the Tennessee Titans. And I've kind of been a little bit down on this Titans team all year. It's easy to do so when they don't have Derrick Henry in the backfield, but uh, I-, I think I would drop this one. Like you talk about the AFC being wide open, uh, certainly that gives them a shot, but uh, also they could be bounced real soon. So I, I probably would not make this particular bet. Let's look at team number three here, uh, trying to be the eighth team and franchise to win back-to-back Super Bowls. They finished second in offense, scoring over 30 points per game. Their defense was also top five, allowing just over 20 points per game. And it's almost the same team as last year. We talked about that before the season, that nobody was lost off of this Super Bowl champion. I think you know who this is. Their odds to win it again, 8-1. to one. The Tom Brady Buccaneers. Uh, and, and I tell you what, 8-1, to one, I, I think they've got a shot to do it again. It's probably most of all because of that 44-year-old behind center. Well, and yeah, it, it, what has he done? What are you going to think now? I mean, he's in the best shape he's ever been in, and he's such a competitor. He seems to be, like, playing better, uh, too. I, I, Right? Isn't that well, crazy? I know it. Well, and it sure helps to have some of the talent around him that he yeah. does and a tremendous offensive line that keeps him upright and keeps him clean throwing the football. But, yeah, to get in front of him, I love the odds where it's sitting at now. So, plus eight. I like that. I'll definitely consider it. But, you know, I, I just feel like all the injuries that they've sustained, and especially at the running back position right now, you're going to have to have some type of balance to take some pressure off of Brady. Not that he can't handle the pressure, but I'll consider it, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to book it either, but I, I don't think it's a bad price on the defending champ. We'll see if they can uh, make it up to Lambeau Field again for a rematch, rematch with the Green Bay Packers. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast, and you can get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, and Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all for free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got more Pro Football Blitz coming up next as we continue to scour the Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. We'll be right back. Stick with us right here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
The 10-7 49ers are in Dallas to renew one of the great old rivalries in the NFL. San Francisco at 12, or excuse me, San Francisco will be in Dallas to battle the 12-5 Dallas Cowboys. And the Niners secured postseason life with a thriller in their victory over the Los Angeles Rams in Week 18 in overtime. Now the Cowboys... They played their starters in Week 18, and they were dominant over the Weagle, uh, over the Eagles in a big victory there. I made this number three in favor of Dallas, James, and my look into the stats produced Cowboys minus one and then also Cowboys minus three once again. So I think the number is pretty darn spot on, and it kind of feels like in this game we've really seen it just right about three the entire week. There is some threes out there with some juice attached. But from a betting standpoint, if you're just looking at the number, it feels like if you could get two and a half, you'd take the favorite. And if you could get plus three and a half, you'd take the dog. I think so. I, I'm with you, Brady. I'm not going to, I haven't played this game. I, I, there's so much talk. This has been the game talked about all week long. Whether now is that, is it the trendy dog side or is it bet against and fade the trendy dog side when you're talking about San Francisco? <laughs> now, three and a half. Yeah, I think with three and a half, I probably, I might be enticed to take that. Is it going to get to three and a half? I don't know if it's going to get there. I've, I've seen some juice starting to climb up in favor of the Cowboys, so potentially. I think if it gets to three and a half, you better be ready to fire because it's probably going to be hit hard and then bounce right back down to three. So unless you're going to be right on your phone or on that tablet and be ready to get out there and, and sit in there in the book and see when that number hits, be ready to pounce. I think for me... I could go either way, and here we go again for me. When I get on the fence with the team, and I can make I make a case for either one of these sides, and I think the case that gets me off the 49ers is the quarterback position with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and yeah, he's been dealing with the thumb injury, but even when he's fully healthy, this is just not somebody that I have trusted in big-game situations to have to make throws on third down. And, yes, he's really benefited out of the run game, and we know that's what San Francisco wants to do. They want to pound the football, and they've done a great job of it when Elijah Mitchell has been healthy, which he is now coming back into this contest. Had a big game last week against the Rams, and George Kittle's a big piece of that. Not only catching the football and making plays with his hands, but also how he performs in the run-blocking scheme that San Francisco does. And that's really what I want to see. Is Dallas ready for the physicality that they're going to face in the trenches against San Francisco and that running game? I, I, that's, I mean, that defensive line for the Dallas Cowboys, when it comes to getting after the quarterback, the speed that we've seen, and now that they're healthy, both with Gregory, we see, we've seen Micah Parsons, and to me, Micah Parsons is the defensive player of the year. I know he's a rookie, and he's going to win defensive player of the year as far as the rookie is concerned, but I think he's the most impactful player on defense in the National Football League as a rookie, and I know that's a big thing to, that's a big statement to, to say, but and T.J. Watt and all the sacks that he's gotten, that's been tremendous. But he's a one-way player, right? He's coming off that edge, and he's game-wrecking. In He's going to wreck the game in the backfield of his, uh, the opposing offense. For Micah Parsons, he runs sideline to sideline, running down the game against the run, uh, also does tremendous job in coverage, and then we know what he can do getting after the passer. But he's got such great instincts, and I think that's what I want to see. This is probably going to be an in-game play for me, Brady, because I want to see that – how does Jimmy Garoppolo and the athleticism of that defense from the Dallas Cowboys getting after it against him, what are we going to see from Jimmy G? And we can read a lot into body language. What does he look like when he, if he's, is he going to take some licks? And is he going to stand strong in the pocket? Is he going to see the routes or is he going to see the rush? And in my mind, I think he starts to get hit. I think he starts to see the rush more than he does the routes. And start, I want to see it. I want to see him toughen up when he takes those shots because he's going to get hit. 
can he do that? Can he still perform and make plays? Or is he going to be looking around and looking for a hug to the sideline? I think the latter. And I think that's where the only play that I've made is I bet against Jimmy Garoppolo in this contest as far as his yards passing were concerned. They're 252 and a half yards passing. This game is going to be all about the 49ers going on the road and rushing the football like they've done for the majority of the season. They don't want to put it in the hands of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we know with Shanahan, yeah, there's a reason why they traded up in the draft to go get the number three overall pick. And whether that was a dispute between who that number three, who that quarterback was going to be, there's a reason why they did that. And it's because they don't trust, and in particular, Shanahan doesn't trust Garoppolo to have to make big plays in big games like a playoff game that we're going to see here. So I'm betting against Garoppolo to, uh, going up against that pass rush from the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be a run-heavy attack from San Francisco, 252 and a half yards. I just thought that was too much. I'm betting the under. All right, let's make a case for the Cowboys here. Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, he went up against San Francisco in 2019 when he was head coach of the Falcons. He held the 49ers to 22 points. That was the final loss for the Niners that season before they ended up going to the Super Bowl and losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. Quinn was also with Kyle Shanahan as head coach of the Falcons when Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. So he's likely very familiar with Shanahan's offensive habits. Dallas special teams coach John Fossil was also going up against the Niners and game planning against the 49ers when he was the special teams coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, you could also argue that Shanahan is equally familiar with these guys as he was a part of their staff or going up against Fossil in the case uh, for the Los Angeles Rams as well. And then you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, a possible liability. I think Jimmy Garoppolo gets too much of a knock. I I think the guy's a lot better than a lot of his critics uh, like to say out there, but he has four interceptions in his last two games, and he has six interceptions in three of his last four games on the road. For the season, he has 21 touchdowns to go along with 13 interceptions, and James, he also has three fumbles. So those are pretty average to slightly below average numbers. It's not anything outstanding. They are, and and thinking about for Garoppolo, they don't, again, it's going to be the game plan to rush the football Keep the put him in positions to be successful, but it's not going to be big plays over the top down the field. And I think the thing with Dallas is, yeah, they're secondary. They got a lot of gamblers, right? They like to Drayvon Diggs is as good as he's been. It leads the league, and as, well, as many interceptions as he had, pick sixes. You can get him on double moves, but. Will Garoppolo have that time back there to make those big plays to have and and bait that secondary into some of those you know gambling nature that they have? I just think this Dallas defense is going to be a little too fast for that offensive line. This is a power football offensive line. This is not a get on your heels, let's drop back and get in our sets and pass protect. It's we're going to drive off the ball and bang on you. That's why I think this game is so fascinating. I think it's so fascinating from a trenches standpoint, the speed and the athleticism on the defensive side for the Dallas Cowboys going up against the power run game for the San Francisco 49ers. And then you mentioned the both those coaches being familiar with each other, having coached together there in Atlanta. You know, the other thing, Brady, that they're familiar with, not knowing how to use the damn clock to their advantage when you're in a Super Bowl <laughs> up 28-3 to and still snapping the football late in the third quarter with this huge lead with 15, 20 seconds to go on the play clock. You wonder if Dan Quinn wants to uh, take it out on Kyle Shanahan 
and for costing him possibly that Super Bowl. Now let's make a case for San Francisco. The uh, the Cowboys chose to play their starters, as I mentioned, in Week 18 against Philadelphia's backups. They employed the same strategy the last time they went to the playoffs in 2018. They played their starters in a meaningless final game of the regular season against the New York Giants, and they scored 36 points. The following week, they failed to cover as three-point favorites against the Seattle Seahawks at home. It was in Dallas. They ended up losing in the divisional round the next week to the Los Angeles Rams. The Cowboys, they have beaten up on the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles in two out of the last three weeks. Because of those performances, are they being maybe a little bit inflated here? They're the worst team in the league that is left uh, so far in the tournament here as far as penalties. They are 3-10 and straight up and against the spread in the playoffs since 1997, including 1-6 and against the spread as a favorite. Now, James, you probably know this. When we get to this wild card round, you basically just pick the winner. Over the last 56 wild card games, the outright winner is 48-7-1 against the spread. So 87% of the time, you're just picking the team to win the game. And that means favorites, when they win, they cover. And underdogs, when they cover, they win outright. And it feels like that's going to be the case here with this short spread. Chew on all of that for a minute and any further handicap maybe that can get you to a side or a total. Well, I think if that's the case now, and actually I'm looking at it right now. We talked about it. If you want to get San Francisco, I see a three and a half oh. right now. So, and okay, you got to be fast. <laughs> jumping on it. <laughs> oh, but I'm still thinking of Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and I'm, I'm probably going to lay off. But if, if you're looking at that trend and you're thinking about dogs, not forget the point spread. Who's going to win the football game? Plus 135, plus 140, looking at a money line. If you think San Francisco, and to me, yeah, this is – I know getting that three on your side is always good when you're talking in pocket, taking dogs in this spot. But I think if I was going to do this, I'd be probably taking San Francisco on the money line rather than taking the three. All right, if it is, you kiss your sister and you get no play, let's take a shot. That's why we're here. Hey, man, I didn't come all this way out here to lay up. So if I'm doing it, I'm taking money lines. <laughs> all right, very good. Uh, VEASAN has a great new offer, by the way, James, to help you make this your best betting year ever. It's our all-new Big Game, Big Dance special provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April the 5th, and it's only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. One hour in the books of the Pro Football Blitz. Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson joining us next right here at Circa on VSIN. 